thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man Scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man Scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! I hope you enjoy hearing that because your Montante Bobcats are going to the national championship. Let that sink <laughs> in, Bobcat fans. Woo! Mm. Unbelievable. Yes. This is probably yes! the single best feeling I've had doing this podcast since we started this podcast. Unreal. Unbelievable. Um, what a day. What a day. What a game. What an environment. Bondi couldn't be there. But, oh, man, it looked rocking on TV. It looked amazing. sounded amazing. So good job, Bobcat Nation. For those of us who couldn't be there, you brought it. One of the best days of my life, hands down. <laughs> Me too. Hands down. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what's awesome is the amount of of just, like, texts and tweets and posts on Bobcat Nation of just, of just men saying they cried today. And... Hands up, right? You did you cry? I, I'm with you, man. Just like, oh, yeah, my, my eyes just welled up. I was overtaken with emotion and for many things, right? Just being a super fan for so long, thinking about, you know, how, how much my dad would have loved seeing this, but all of it. And then when they put, they panned over to Tommy Malott on the sideline and he's overtaken with emotion, it was game over for me. <laughs> he's crying. You're crying. We're all crying. <laughs> so good. I love it. Yeah. We live for moments like this. This is what being a fan is all about. I mean, we, we've waited our entire Bobcat fandom lives for this to happen. And it may not happen mm. again. So let's let's relish it. Let's yeah. just enjoy it and soak it all in and party on because it's only 9 o'clock here and Bozeman is 10 o'clock. You better not be in bed yet, <laughs> Bozeman. Oh, man. What? What a day. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of the R&R. We didn't say that, that this is our After Dark episode, our instant reaction episode. We are just so full of them and uh, <laughs> thankfulness. We're just going to get into it. But before we get into the Montana State game, 
Uh, we got to talk about what's going on in the FCS playoffs on Friday. The James Madison Dukes and the North Dakota State Bison held court over in Fargo. And the Bison came out on top 20 to 14 in a kind of a back and forth game. I watched that uh, after my running club. We uh, finished at this establishment that had the game on. And, uh, uh, you know, James Madison has some shots there at the end, Thorny. Were you able to watch that game? Um, I actually did not. I was out of, uh, oh yeah, it was my, it was my son's Taekwondo belt ceremony. So I, I caught like, mm. I came home and I think I saw, um, uh, Jesus Madison lose the game there at the last second. I saw like the last one minute. I saw their last drive. That's all I got. The thing I would say about that game is North Dakota state made big time plays and big time moments. And that's really not shocking given the, the North Dakota state brand. One thing I would say about the North Dakota state though is, uh, it just seems maybe the mystique is not, is maybe the mystique is the word I'm looking for. I don't feel like they have that as much as they used to. No, uh, the, uh, they got the, the, like, like the, they're not selling out the crowds and yeah. everything. I don't know. Maybe it's just an old hat for them. I, I don't know. Do you have a thoughts on that? I was going to say, it seems like almost their aura of invincibility is gone a little bit. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if that's what you're saying. We thought that last yeah. 2019 too, so. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we'll talk a lot about the North Coast State game, but yeah, it's kind of weird seeing the Fargo Dome not quite sold out. But um, you know, they're going to be in in Frisco big time. I, I think a lot of Bob or uh, Fargo fans, North Coast State fans, geez, skip out on some of the playoff games because they know they're going to Fargo. Or God, they know they're going to Frisco. There we go. So they save their money and whatnot for that trip because <laughs> they know they know they know Man. they'll be there. What a luxury to be in that kind of confidence, right? Yep. Well, well, I did I buy some uh, the tickets before the game started. We both did. So not the only ones with a little bit of confidence. I also didn't want to not get a ticket. So we're going. Pretty sure we're going. We're going. 99% sure we're yes. going. Uh, well, I think it's 100% chance we're going unless I'd, I'd there's something so. that I happens. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we would love to meet up with a lot of you. Not just some of, some of you. A lot of you All going of. down to... Frisco, all of you, yeah. Let's all get Every together. Let's person. all plan this out. We have three weeks to make this happen. Uh, let's start sending the texts and uh, meeting plans and agendas out there. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, I can't wait, man. One of the best road trips of my life, win or lose. I'm so excited to be going to a national championship game in which the Bobcats are a part of. <laughs> oh man, still like sinking in. All right, still sinking in. How many point underdogs were we going into this game? I think the line ended at five and a half, maybe six. So we were started off like at six and a half, but moved towards the Bobcats a mm. little bit. Man. I'm not sure where to South see that Dakota post State. game stuff, but you know, before we get into anything about like the Bobcats, I just want to say how much I respect South Dakota State. They seem like such a classy program. John Stiegelmeyer is such a easy coach to root for. He is such a class act. I can see why his players play so hard for him. I just, uh, you know, in a game like this, you're so happy that the Bobcats won. But to on the on the flip side, to see you know a team like South Dakota State lose, I kind of felt for them a little bit. Yeah, I don't feel for all the teams we beat, but uh, it's an easy team to root for. Great bunch of guys, class act, good fans. I mean, the interactions with the fans all week have been they were just great. so solid. Yeah, so. It you won't know, be that Jack great Rabbit leading up to up. North Dakota State. I guarantee that. <laughs> no. But much respect for the South Dakota State program. 
Yeah, they made it to multiple semifinals in a row. I'm pretty sure they they did go to the national championship in the spring season here. But yeah, I feel bad for program that can't just get over that semifinal hump in a lot of ways. And you know, they were classy, and I would totally root for them any other time. All right, buddy. Well, where do you want to start? Well, we framed these as the good and the bad and the ugly. I think we have to start with the biggest, most obvious thing here, Tommy Malott and his performance today. 10 of 15 passing for 233 yards, two touchdowns, 34 carries. I'm, not, I'm just now looking at that stat. That's actually ridiculous. 155 yards, two, two touchdowns there. So four touchdowns combined. He had all but 21 of the offensive yards gained when you don't, you know, when you include the running game and the passing game, receivers obviously do their thing, but that's going to lead me into some discussion later, but man, what a performance by Tommy. What a gussy performance by Tommy. He played his heart out. He took some big hits. He kept getting up, man, just, I'm speechless. What a, what a performance from, from the freshman. Yeah. Everything you just said, the kid just rises to the top. He's just the cream right now. Thing I I was uh, picking up on that is really I think makes Tommy so hard to defend is he's so good in the pocket like his pocket presence. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say pocket presence, but his ability to press the pocket, bounce the pocket. You never know when he's going to run. You never know when he's going to pass. And I think uh, that kind of I just put that that has to put stress on the defense, and he does it so well. He does, and he does a good job of keeping his eyes downfield and still being able to make a throw. I actually think one of the things that could be almost in the bad category, I think his receivers need to help him out a little bit more in terms of like yeah. coming back and like noticing where he's going and scrambling to the left. You got to come back and help out a scrambling quarterback. I mean, that's one of my few, few critiques from today. But I mean, yeah, the fact that he can do that, it's a, it's a whole new dimension to the office and it, offense, and it showed today how, how dangerous it can be when he's operating like that. Just what a what an awesome story. Montana, the state of Montana is just riding high right now. I mean, even if you're a Grizzly fan, the story of Tommy Malott, touchdown Tommy, is just overtaking Montana and Bobcat Nation, and rightfully so. It's such a, it's it's storybook, right? Sure. Yeah, you can like, it's easy to maybe root against a Grizz quarterback who's had a similar situation who's like from like Sentinel or Hellgate, but you know, I think everyone comes together there's a guy from Butte like this, like every Montana's like, yeah, Butte. Yeah, Montana. <laughs> Pretty easy to root for. Yep, my lot flashed to me. He had some really good passes today. Lance McCutcheon was open all day on the side. They had that 10-yard out all day long. Uh, we hit a, a, a trait and pickering pass that uh, he went for, like, I think about 30, 33, 33 yards. Yeah, yeah that, um, we had a pass over the middle on uh, to Willie Patterson to extend a to extend a drive. And one one of the most impressive passes I saw was on third and 11, we hit Nate Stewart down the sideline to extend that drive and eventually score. So we uh, just making big plays and big moments. And uh, that was kind of the theme of, for today for the Bobcats. Like when they needed a play, we got to play. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, one thing I want to say in the good category too, while we're kind of talking here is, we did all this without Isaiah Fonte. That kind of kind of blows my mind. And that, I mean, we're going to have to have more. And I'm going to put that in my bad category is no one else getting any rushing yards or carries really besides Tommy Malott. 
I thought Demarius Hosey would, would show up, maybe Jahari Martin, but we had Elijah Elliott, six carries for 21 yards. I mean, that's not going to not gonna do it against the Bison. But man, yeah, just doing this without Isaiah Fonzie and the offense looking this good and the receivers stepping up. I love it. I hope, I hope uh, did Willie Patterson come back in the game? I'm, I'm asking you live here. He went, he went I was down. wondering the same thing. I'm, I'm not sure. So that would be a big loss. Willie, Willie had a pretty good game. He's, he's been playing really well of late. So, man, but yeah, just the whole wide receiver room, the quarterback room, the offensive line, really having to step up and kind of come up with a game plan that doesn't involve Isaiah Fonze was very impressive. All right. Hey, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. There's a guy I just want to mention right now because I'll forget to say say anything about him. Simeon Woodard. Let's go. Is that like three straight games with a pick? Two or three? I think it's three. He's playing at an elite level right now. Absolutely. Right? He's like he's got a, confidence. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I just say he's playing with swag. He's got the confidence. He's he's in the right spots at the right time. He knows how to play the boundary. Uh, he uses the sideline so well as the second defender. Man, he's so good to watch, and I just can't. I'm so tickled that we get to see him in the next four years. I mean, also like uh, just he's he's tough, man. He comes up and pops you. He's pretty good in the yeah. uh, in the run support too. He's not real big, obviously, but I mean he, he's like kind of that line of cornerbacks that we've had at MSU, like the Jalen Coles or the Tyrell Thomas guys that are a little bit undersized, but they got no problem coming in and sticking their nose in there. So he is playing at a high level, and I'm I'm just loving it. He he's come on real strong. Who would have thought that he'd be <laughs> one of our, if not the best corner by the end of the year, coming out of the, like fall camp? There is a. Uh some sort of media showed with him after the game and it was, it was probably right after his pick and he just looked in the camera and goes, I'm heating up. I'm heating up. <laughs> <laughs> he was just having so much fun. I loved it. Gotta love that stuff, man. You oh, gotta man. be cocky wanna... if you're a quarter, if you're a cornerback. And uh, so I love it. <laughs> I know we're going uh, like all over right now for the good, but Whatever. I, I want to bump back to the off offensive side of the ball. I just want to say, how much I love Jahari Martin. That guy seems like the most selfless Team 4 dude. Him and Tuckerovic. Just selfless Team 4 guys. I love when they put Jahari Martin in the backfield. I love watching him just smash people at the line of scrimmage. Plown lanes. I love watching Jahari Martin run down on kickoff returns and smashing people. And just, he's just there. He's just a guy that, he's the first guy that helps you up off the pile. He's the guy that is just, he's all Montana State. And I love the fact that he's from Florida, but he's just all Montana State. That guy, that guy's a dude. And I just love him. I just love me some Jahari Martin. Yeah. There was a, one of the touchdown runs, I think the Tommy Lott one, Jahari Martin came out in front and just, just ate a guy yeah. up. So mm -hmm. he's really good blocking. I hope he, uh, you know, continues to develop and get some carries, but he's great blocking back at the moment. Gotta love it. Absolutely. Defense pitched a shutout in the second half. And let's Woo! also, I'm talking about the offense missing Isaiah Alfonso. Defense, no Chase Benson, no Ty Okada, no problem. I mean, maybe some problems. Maybe there was a few problems here, but <laughs> pitched a shutout in the second half. Like the way that first half was going, I think you and I were both a little concerned that they were going to just continue to grind us down in these like six minute drives where they just get four yards of carry. And then maybe mm -hmm. one of them is like a 20 yard carry and they're just going to keep doing that. Like, how are we going to, 
put a stop to this, but I think their first drive in the second half was their first punt of the day. And that gave you some, yeah. uh, maybe some like, oh, finally they punted. Of course, we punted it right back. But man, just the defense's performance today, I thought was outstanding. They held that uh, tandem of uh, Pierre Strong and Isaiah Davis to just, oh man, what do they have? Like a hundred some yards combined. I don't, I took off the stats page, of course. Uh, Strong 94, wow. Davis 13. So yeah, 107 yards yeah. between the two of them on 21 carries. And basically just that main 44-yard touchdown run by Pierre Strong, you take that away, it's got 13 carries for 50 yards. I mean, outstanding, outstanding job by the defense. I heard the announcers say late in the fourth quarter that the Mon- or that the, the Jackrabbits were minus two in the last two quarters. <laughs> yeah, and we can certainly do a, yards. a deep dive onto that on the Monday show. We can get in some stats Ooh. like that because you can look at stats aggregated by half i'm pretty curious to see but yeah oh, i heard yeah. that too and us i was i was excellent i was like oh that sounds about right <laughs> holy cow you know uh gosh i, I mean defense I, we can't talk if, if we're going to talk about the defense let's talk a little bit about daniel hardy getting home in big plays fourth downs in the fourth quarter i uh, there's one time in um in the fourth quarter, I think it was like three minutes to play, and they were fourth down, and it was pretty much game if we if we sacked him. <laughs> Thirty, uh, Daniel Hardy gets the sack on Ola Duncan, and I did what little kids do. I I I didn't know what to do. I I ran around the couch and I threw my shirt up over my head and yelled into the ceiling fan. And <laughs> my <laughs> wife. God bless her. She just gave me a high five. She's like, you go. <laughs> and I was like, ah. well, that's good for you. Just like pats you on the head and just <laughs> continues on with her day. <laughs> oh, man. I was so happy. So happy. Um, Daniel Hardy. They talked about a little bit. One thing else on Daniel Hardy. They talked about him having a new move. Did you did you listen to that? I did not. Was that the uh, ESPN announcers? Yeah, the ESPN guys were that. Yeah, I think they probably interviewed him or something beforehand. But they said uh, Coach Howe taught uh, Daniel a new move, and it's basically where he just basically takes his hands and washes the defense's uh, punch out, and he used that move on that play. Yeah, it was so cool. So cool. I I know I would have to go back throughout the other games and see if he was using that, but uh, I just thought that was kind of a cool pickup. By yeah. the ESPN crew. Yeah, that's, that's a good little insight there. And, and, man, yeah, he came up big when it mattered, when we knew they needed to pass the defensive line, who hadn't got a whole lot of push all day long, really started getting after Oladokun there at the end and uh, sacked him several times and put him in some bad situations, forced a few bad throws. They really got after it there. And I think having such a deep bench on the defensive line was crucial. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I saw Kenneth Iden in there today because he's number 14. <laughs> And we were like yeah. basically throwing every single defensive lineman we had just to keep everybody fresh. So they were throwing everyone in there and, you know, that was crucial and it worked because they didn't ever get that rolling in the second half. They never wore us down. And, and that's really uh, what kept the Bobcats in the game and in the position to pull away with a few touchdowns there in the second half. You know, props to coach vegan and company, because that's the way they practiced. They were talking about that in the post game presser. Did that have uh, an that, impact uh, on Skyline that throw with up. just fatigue? How now on third one and... of the key things that they changed 
uh, for the practice was putting as much reps for everybody as possible. And Daniel Hardig talks about this all the time when you listen to him in the presser. It's like, they're starters. They play as much snaps as we right. do. And uh, he's he's absolutely right. Like, how good did Rylan Orp play today in, in lieu of Tai Okada? I mean, all of a sudden, you, these guys are just playing meaningful reps, and it doesn't feel like a, like a giant fall-off. No, uh, Ort ended up being fifth on the team with five tackles. So, I mean, he, he played he played well. He plays uh mm. he played admirably in in the place of Tayokata. I think Ort's going to be a great player. I'm really hoping Tayokata comes back for the national championship. No, and that's not a slight on Ryland Ort. I just think Tayokata is that good. But yeah, guys just stepping up because you need him to. And next man up was was more, never more evident than it ever has been at Montana State than it was today. And those guys stepped up big time. Right on. Hey, we can't uh, end this podcast without uh, talking about the fans. Oh, man. 20,000. So 20 jealous. Plus thousand. I wanted Ooh. to be there so bad. It looked so good on TV. It was so loud. It was going the whole game. I mean, I'm so glad that the Bobcats kept the game from from going one way or the other or too far the other direction because I could have taken the crowd out of the game. But they, they were raucous. It looked so good on TV. I, I was so bummed I didn't get to see a lot of the uh, – post-game interviews and stuff like that. I'm hoping that there's a recording that pops up and has that stuff attached to it. But yeah, the crowd looked awesome. Super jealous that we didn't end up getting good to go, but wow, good job, Bobcat Nation. There was a video that I just watched. There's about 10 minutes of post-game celebration that somebody put up on the YouTube, and it was just this person walking around, obviously filmed with their cell phone. Uh, yeah, it was unreal though. It was just the pandemonium down on the field. I loved it. It looked so awesome. We had tried to snip the soundbite, or I think we actually will snip the soundbite and put it in the in the edit after this. But the uh, the ESPN announcers were being so complimentary about the the atmosphere, called it second to none, and I just thought that was super cool. Yeah, they were they were very complimentary of it, and it was it looked great. Like I said on TV, so. Kudos, Bobcat fans. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about this game, man? Like, we're going to the national championship. What else do we even need to say? What else <laughs> needs to be said? We took care of a opponent that I think many people had penciled in to the national championship when they saw South Dakota State's, like, bracket. And especially when they saw that we beat Sam Houston State. Like, all right, they don't even have to play Sam Houston State now. Like, I think people were pretty confident that the Jackrabbits were going to make it all the way. And we were going to have a Dakota Dakota marker rematch the national championship, which, which would have been a really cool story and a real cool angle because SDSU did beat NDSU in the regular season. But no, your Bobcats. Underdogs all year will be underdogs in three weeks or whatever that is. Guarantee it. Doesn't matter. This team is special. I believe in them. That's all I got to say. They have a special it right now. The only thing I would else I would add on to that is just the selfless nature of this team is something I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, they always talk about playing for your brother, but it's just simply just the next guy up, everybody for the whole team. I just love it. And I think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that. And it's just a special, awesome day to be a Bobcat. And my final thought is I love Trey Anderson. <laughs> I love you, Troy Anderson. I love you. All right. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Anything else you want to say here? You know, uh, I just want to say 
Uh, last last thought is there was a special picture that popped up on Twitter of Coach Vegan and Coach Choate yes. uh, handshaking and then embracing. And I'm happy for both of them right now. They both deserve a lot of credit. It's hard to really know what to make of like Choate leaving all that stuff. But I, I think in in his heart, he did love Bozeman and the Montana State program and him coming back. And God, he's got to be as happy for his for his guys, if anything, out of anybody. So, yeah, yeah that was that was a great picture. A great moment. Two great coaches, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping it keeps rolling like that. Head down, buddy. Lots to talk about. There's going to be a lot of oh, podcasting man. coming up in the next three weeks. We're going to have to get the guys on. We're going to have to get uh, some guests on, some people from North Dakota State. I saw I had an extra follow from one of the media members already yeah. over at NDSU. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be, <laughs> we'll be hearing from them soon. It's coming. <laughs> Right on. I can't wait. Can't, can't wait, wait man. to talk about this game more. Woo! I know. I was, I, how do we keep this under 25 minutes? I don't even know. I thought we would be rambling on and on, but we kept it pretty succinct. <laughs> we didn't get any, anything too deep, but we will on Monday. So that's going to be the real big show. It'll probably just be a recap show. I'm not even sure we'll talk North Dakota State just yet. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We always wing it. So, well, anything else? No. Let's I'm get out of here, man. Buddy. Congratulations, Bobcats. Congratulations, Bobcat fans. Thanks uh, again to Jeremiah Johns for, for being our awesome sponsor. You can find us on Twitter, RRCatCast. You can find us on the web, RRCatCast.com. You can always email us at RRCatCast at gmail.com. And fully, let's get an emphatic Go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats!